KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. And I am so excited to have my colleague uh, on the air with me right now. So many things going on in Hollywood right now. And in these things are not just uh, in the Hollywood atmosphere. They are also um, affecting our actual lives. Um, and we are being joined right now by a creator, writer, and producer. Um, he is also a host here on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, Black in the Green Room is his show. It profiles and celebrates black entertainers, creators, and showbiz executives. Keith Underwood is with me. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you doing? Hey, I'm the same. Yeah, well, and and hopefully we're getting more blessed uh, with each passing day, because hopefully the good news uh, is outweighing the bad news, of which there is a lot in the world today. Uh, To me, it was good news that uh, the AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA are back at the table today. Um, You know, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but it's it's the only way we'll make a deal is if we're talking, right? Absolutely. I mean, if um, if, uh, both sides are silent, there's just no way to uh, to, uh, the strike. Yeah. Um, so are, what, are you hearing anything? And, you know, I, I know you got your ear to these Hollywood streets. Um, what, what is the vibe like? Um, you know, I think that, you know, people were a little, um, after, you know, the WGA strike was finally, um, ratified. I think that a lot of individuals were very hopeful, you know, that something was going to happen quickly, um, with SAG, um, and, you know, then when they came back to the table, then everybody was very hopeful again, but, you know, the negotiations fell apart again, and so then I think that was really a soul-crushing for a lot of individuals, and, um, you know, now we're uh, back in negotiations again, so, um, you know, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it, to me, it's a little baffling because, Okay, you did the deal with the WGA, and in order to really get back to work, I understand uh, writers are back at it, but in order to really get back to work, you are going to need those performers. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt, you know, about it. And I think part of the reason, you know, that the AMTP has some adversity to when there are multiple strikes going on, because in the back of their heads, they know that if there are similar items, um, on the table with more than one union, and if they give it to one union, they know that they're going to have to get give it to the other union. I mean, out of you know, just just for public appearances at the very least. Um, and so I think that they're slower. Then this is just me talking. I think they're slower to move back to the table um, to do what they ultimately know that they're going to have to do anyway, um, which is very counterproductive. Yeah. Um, so, so officially, WGA members, i.e., you, <laughs> are back at work, <laughs> right? Well, but, I'm not. I'm not a member, but I used to work for the guild. Ah, I see. Okay. So, WGA WGA members are back at work, um, but 
still honoring the SAG after strike as are uh, most of the other entertainment unions. So what does that mean? What, what does solidarity mean in this case? Yeah, it just means it just shows that, you know, even though, okay, the Guild, they got what they wanted, even the Writers Guild, you know, got what they wanted, that they're still standing in solidarity um, with their sister union because SAG was there for the WGA from the beginning, from the very, very beginning on the strike lines, picketing even before, you know, their, their strike was set off. And, um, and, and it showed that there were power, that, that there was power in numbers. And then ultimately when SAG decided to strike, it was just overwhelmingly powerful to have those two powerhouses together and um, the WGA, quite honestly, is obligated um, to still support, you know, SAG because SAG was there to support them, and them continuing to show that support, even though that they've gotten their deal, um, just creates a very strong presence. Mm. And so what are the things that uh, the writers really got? I, I saw one column titled, This is the First Battle Between uh, AI and Humans, and the Humans Won. I hope that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the, that the deal that they struck up around AI was um, you know, pretty um, cohesive. It just means that it's, um, it will not be considered as source material to use um, 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 AI to use AI, that that still has to be generated by a writer. And that's just so that the writer's not undermined, you know, that they still get credit, you know, for their work. Um, and then the writer can also, they can choose to use AI um, if the company, if they, you know, consent to it and all parties are more agreeable, you know, on it. Um, but only as a, you know, like a, um, a brainstorming um, tool, and that the company can't require the writer to use AI. Um, and then the company has also, they also have, like, for any materials that they give to the writer, they have to fully disclose if it was generated or created by AI. And then the main one is that the WGA, that they are reserving the right to assert that any exploitation we mm, lost you for a moment. Um, the the uh, Keith laying out Keith Underwood laying out the some of the wins that the writers got in their uh, contract with the AMPTP and um, one I guess I guess I'd call it fine print or whatever. One aspect that I read about that did concern me was the idea that um, writers you can't use it as source material, you can't just take my script that I've written um, and use it to create another script and basically copy my style. But the one bit of fine print that I read that did worry me, Keith, was this um, provision that if we've already bought one of your scripts, in other words, if I already own your script, I can use that to train my AI how to, how to write. Well, that's a part of what I was saying is that the WGA now that they reserve the right to assert that the exploitation of a writer's material to train AI is strictly prohibited um, uh, by the NBA or um, um, any other law. 
So that was included in the deal that they cannot do. Well, the WGA reserves the right to say, like, hey, you know, you guys can't do that. You can't use material to train AI how to write more like a living human being. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, I hope that holds and, you know, and, and because I, I think it's a bigger threat in, in some ways than people think. I don't know that it's going to end the world. You know, I'm not over there with Elon Musk, you know, shaking in my boots about AI, right, but I do think right. they could copy my voice and my style. You know, I do think they could do have a, you know, computer generated Dominique DePrima or Keith Underwood and, uh, our jobs at, at KBLA or anywhere else will be no more. Right. And I, I totally agree, you know, with you. And I, I'm going to burn down some buildings if somebody creates an AI Keith Underwood. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, but, He uh, meant figuratively. He's a writer. He, he I'm not that figured. bad, Dominic. <laughs> he was not talking figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I just think, I, to me, that I hope that, you know, we, the members of Screen Actors Guild, do not put our take our foot off the gas with the picket lines and such until the, the ink is dry on a new contract. Yeah, most definitely. I, I agree with that, you know, 100%. And from what I'm hearing, there is no intent. And there being, I, I kind of, you know, the WGA, you know, kind of stayed really professional and, you know, highbrow and, and SAG is like, look, if we don't get what we need, we hit in the streets again. And I, I love that approach and it really shows commitment. Yeah. Well, actors, you, you know, you, you got actors, you get, you get drama. And, uh, You're going to get the drama. They don't want that drama. <laughs> they don't want that drama, Keith Underwood. I want to ask you when we come forward about um, this, you, you know, there's been a lot of talk about all of these diversity, equity, and inclusion folks stepping down. Uh, now uh, the woman who was over DEI for the Oscars has written a piece talking about micro and macro aggressions, why she left. want to get your thoughts on that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. And you can hear Keith Underwood Saturday nights at 9 p.m., uh, Black in the Green Room. He is the owner of Underwood Multimedia and a player in this entertainment space. So, you know, you saw the Congressional um, uh, Black Caucus of uh, State of California speaking out about this rash of DEI black women in diversity, equity, and inclusion stepping down. A lot of these folks were hired as a result of the marching and protesting the work of Black Lives Matter um, and others, you know, in the anti-racist space. So, you know, we were concerned. They were stepping down. Now, uh, Janelle English, who was diversity, equity, and inclusion for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists, which is the Oscars, wrote a guest column for the LA Times talking about how hard it is in that space and and the macro and microaggressions that she faced simply trying to do her job. What did you think when you read that? 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's 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 very profound and it's very honest. And you know, from the work that my life partner, Dr. Darnell Hunt, you know, does on the Hollywood diversity um, reports and and the help that I have given um, on those, is that you know there are common threads to everyone's story. You know, and these are sometimes people that don't even know you know um, you know each other, and. Um, it, I, the, the studios, they're checking off boxes when it comes to inclusion um, and equity. Okay, so we've got an inclusion and equity department, but how much power and influence do those departments actually have, and how committed are the studios really to uh, their commitment to inclusion and equity? Yeah, I mean, I think the the... One of the points that she makes, which I think is really key and could apply to any industry, she says, who do you report to, right? That when she yes. first started, she was reporting to the top. Um, and as as the protests faded and the project became less popular, she's got more layers of mid-management between her and the decision makers, meaning yeah, that exactly. she doesn't have any influence, right? Yes. No, most definitely. And that's exactly, you know, what I was just saying. And that's a common thread. Um, and since we're talking specifically about entertainment, like I was saying, not just, you know, with the with the Oscars, but with um, um, the studios as well. That's a very, very common um, story. And, and then sometimes um, I think that um, a lot of these executives are asked to bend, you know, and play like there's actually um, movement happening within inclusion and equity or just to be front people, you know, to make announcements about when they do do something positive, you know, as opposed to actually having their own agency. Right. Being the window dressing. Look, I had one of those jobs um, not long after I first came to um, LA for, you know, I was a community action director, but basically it was a, you know, like a DEI, but I had the opportunity to report directly to the head of that company. So um, that makes all the difference in the world because they have to look you in the eye and tell you why, why no though, but why can't I have that Mm -hmm. money though? But why? So when we come forward, um, you know, on the way out the door, and I so appreciate you spending my final minutes of the show with me, Keith Underwood, uh, let's talk about what would make a difference, you know, and, and, and what, you know, there, we have seen some progress. Um, so what works and, and what, if anything, can replace this exodus of black women who are like, peace, I'm out. This is not working for me. Uh, are we back to Oscar so white or is there a way forward? All that straight ahead on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominique DePrima on First Things First. When I get to know Keith Underwood a whole lot better, tune in around here Saturday evenings at 9 p.m. Or you can hear his podcasts um, wherever you get your podcasts, just like you can hear mine. Keith Underwood, what is the way forward? We're talking about these DEI uh, folks getting pushed out, Warner Brothers or or you know, stepping down, Disney, Netflix, and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences all in the past uh, few months. Um, what is the way forward? If it's not this, um, how can we make that difference? I think that 
especially black folks. I think we have to start understanding that black money is still green money, that it is okay to cater to our audiences. And in order to, in order to do that, we have to create our own platforms. And there are, with, with streaming, you know, now and anything online, there are ways for us to create our own platforms and then also to have more control over how products are distributed and then also create, um, creating and controlling our own narratives. Um, and that's going to take some serious, not just discussion, because most of us know what the issue is, <laughs> but, putting a, <laughs> but putting a plan into place as how to actually make this happen, and then bringing those of us who are already in power and that have influence, make them accountable um, um, because they have that power and influence to not only speak out about it, but to support efforts in controlling our stories. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is be like Tavis Smiley. Be, you know, come be like now. Byron Allen, <laughs> be like Stevie come Wonder. <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and what about voting with our dollars? Does that work? I mean, you know, when, when if we all watch, you know, they clone Tyrone, does that make Netflix make more black content? Um, Sometimes, sometimes. Mm, but, you know, there's, there's, still those ex- there's still those excuses. You know, you know, they'll, well, you know, the black market doesn't do this. The black market doesn't do that. But the thing is, we have to not be afraid to call them out on the BS um, by quoting actual statistics of what these films can um, can do. And to answer your question, I thought about the last time that we talked, Dominique, and, and, we, and we briefly mentioned about, you know, our, um, our, the force of our dollars. And I think that you're right. We have to get out of the mindset that we need something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we have to have Netflix, that we have to have this, that we have to have that. And then show us. It's no difference than um, you know, the bus boycotts uh, back in the, uh, the 50s and the 60s. And so um, those types of movements, we've seen that they can be effective if you hurt them, if you hurt them where it counts. And that's with money. Mm. Well, Mr. Keith Underwood, thank you so much for being with me this morning. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it, Dominic. I'll see you Saturday night. Tavis Smiley is up next. You know that. And we'll keep our conversations going on on social media. Deprima Radio is me. KBLA 1580 is your favorite radio station. Tell a friend. Get the app. It's so important. It helps us so very much when you do that. I'm Dominique Deprima. History is now, and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, be informed. Show your clout. One love.